It's Thursday, February 2nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Explorer, Simon Erickson. Happy Groundhog Day. Happy Groundhog Day to you as well, Chris. And six more weeks. Six more, yes. Punxsutawney Phil. I'm assuming all the groundhogs, as we talked about on yesterday's episode, there are a lot of groundhogs out there. Uh, Punxsutawney Phil, immortalized in yes. the classic Bill Murray comedy, Groundhog Day, saw his shadow six more weeks of winter. Although, as we were just talking about right before we started taping, here in the D.C. area, winter hasn't even really started. I, mean, I, I can handle this, right? It's been incredibly mild, <laughs> unlike the Midwest, which has just gotten hammered. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Facebook's earnings, and we're going to get into a couple of other news stories. But just sticking with the Groundhog Day thing, we talked about it on yesterday's episode, and listeners just flooding us with emails and tweets. Uh, Nathaniel, one of our listeners, actually made the pilgrimage to Punxsutawney and was tweeting out photos. Um, another listener uh, posted on our Facebook page, which anyone can join uh, if you're on the Facebook. Uh, just go go to Motley Fool Podcast. Posted a uh, an, uh, sort of the business angle. Which is hotels. Hotel rates in Punxsutawney get jacked up. Four hundred fifty dollars a night Ooh. last night to stay at a hotel in in Punxsutawney. Uh, compare that to the Super Bowl this weekend, uh, about a hundred dollars less in Houston to to get a hotel room. And um, and here's I think this is my favorite uh, favorite comment from a listener from State Representative Brian Cutler, who is a state rep in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. He tweeted, be sure to mention Octoraro Orphy on Groundhog Day. He's the real groundhog, hashtag Lancaster PA. So, as best I can tell, not only are there groundhogs in other states that are trying to compete with Punxsutawney Phil, there may in fact be a groundhog civil war brewing in Pennsylvania because you've got one in Punxsutawney. And now one in Lancaster as well. Did I hear you correctly that the hotel rates in Punxsutawney are higher than they are for the Super Bowl in Houston? Yes, although Punxsutawney a little smaller than Houston. Supply and demand, sure. Supply and demand at work. The business impact of Punxsutawney Phil, though, that's incredible. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. All right, let's get to Facebook's fourth quarter. Holy cow, revenue up 51%. Um, Do I have this right that mobile advertising, which when Facebook went public, was non-existent. Right. It now makes up more than 80% of revenue. 84%, what? yes. Holy cow. This is amazing that a company and this is again the power law of investing is what I call this, Chris. Which which means that a lot of people see stock prices that go up and they say, "Oh, they've got to go back down. Um, you know, it's grown 100% in the last year. It can't grow farther than this." But in reality, they can. Big companies that have strong competitive advantages like Facebook does can continue to get stronger and as that happens, um, they make more more profits. And that's exactly what we've seen right now. When you look at digital advertising, this is obviously one of the hottest segments of the advertising market globally. And in the United States, it was about an $18 billion industry last quarter. And out of all of the growth, out of the $3 billion of growth that a company digital ad spend last quarter, Facebook and Google got 99% of that. So the big are getting bigger. That that continual network effect of hey, all the advertisers want to be here, where all the people are, just continues to get stronger. That looks really good for for Facebook's future, especially when you consider that it's still an advertising company. So on the call, one of the things Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO, talked about was the investing they're going to be doing in 2017. And I'm curious when you look at the financials of this company, and 
we always like it when CEOs are upfront and transparent about what their plans are. And he was very upfront about they're going to be spending a lot more money this year. Sure. Um, I think that the big thing is is going to be, at least in the five years, if they've kind of got three, five, and 10-year plans out. But they're continuing to build out the platform for Instagram. I mean, you've now got 500,000 advertisers on Instagram. That's going to be the next platform that's going to just start bringing in the cash flows for this business. Um, the other thing that I saw that was very interesting that stood out for me from this report was the effective price per ad versus the total ad impressions for the quarter. We've talked about ad load before with Facebook, and we kind of got the expectation that Facebook was going to pull back on on volume this year because they didn't want to have too many ads. Ad load is the, the number of advertisements you see in your newsfeed that are actually sponsored. And so we expected that to be a lot lower. It was actually 49% year-over-year increase in the volume of ads, um, which is not what we expected for Facebook. I think they still have plenty of more ads they can serve before it is impacting the user experience, which, of course, falls very quickly to the bottom line for this company. We had talked previously about probably the most anticipated IPO of 2017 is Snap. Snapchat, which I think is now the formal name of the company is Snap. Snap Incorporated. They're uh, filing soon, looking to go public in March. Worth remembering that once upon a time, Facebook offered to buy Snap for, I think, $6 billion. And the young founder at Snap said, No thanks. Wow. I don't need your check with all the zeros in it. And at the moment, it looks like the right move because they're going to be going public probably with a valuation somewhere in the neighborhood of, of $20 to $25 billion. I'm wondering, though, if Facebook is just going to be, there's no other way to put it, just gunning for, gunning for Snap. Of course they are. $20 billion valuation. I mean, is this something, the question in my mind is, is Snapchat doing anything that Facebook can't do right now? To be determined. I think that the way that Snap, Snap Incorporated looks today, um, there's not a whole lot that you couldn't also incorporate into Facebook's you know, nearly 2 billion users that they've already got out there. They've got the hard part done. Now it's just a matter of the functionality that's on that platform. The question is, is Snap, does Snap have enough momentum with the younger generation that they are always a step ahead of Facebook? I mean, it always we've gotten used to Facebook kind of being the innovator that's first to offer these things that, that millennials want to use. And um, I think right now Snapchat is in that position that Facebook used to be maybe 10 years ago. To be determined if Facebook continues to follow Snapchat's lead or if just all of those users tend to go to Facebook because it has everything and more on that platform. Well, and also, you were talking before about ad load. Also interesting to see how many levers Snap can pull when they're a public company, because Facebook has a lot of levers they can pull, and they appear to be in a position where they know just how much they can ramp up the advertising and when to pull back on that. And I think, all things being equal, right out of the gate, Snap probably doesn't have that luxury. And I just uh, look at the teenager in my house who uses Snap all the time, and I just wonder if it starts getting loaded up with ads, what she and her friends are going to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing, Chris, I'll be watching with this one too. It's not as a this is not a headline story, but also this is a young company that's that's growing very quickly right now. And if they're going to continue to grow that quickly, they're going to have to have some great talent in house. They're going to have to have some some developers and some guys that really know this industry. 
Um, I think I'd be keeping an eye on where those people are coming from. Are they coming from Facebook and joining Snapchat or coming from somewhere else because they see the opportunity here? Or are those guys staying in Facebook because they say, hey, Snapchat's great, but I really like what I'm doing. I think that's something that we should keep an eye on also. All right, from social media to old media, New York Times, fourth quarter profit and revenue came in higher than expected thanks to the best quarter for digital subscriptions that the Times has ever had since they went to the pay model in 2011. And the stock isn't necessarily on fire today, but uh, and I did run this chart. Uh, I, I'm sure it's no coincidence that since election day, since the day after the election last November, shares of the New York Times are up around 23 percent. Yeah, sure, Chris. And this is a company you and I talked about last month for Explore, and we looked at the media industry, right? right? And, and I think that one of the the biggest draws for New York Times is that they are an established brand. People trust them. They have an informed opinion in the media out there. Now it's a question of, can you get the business um, economics to reflect that? And that transition would have to be from a company that's traditionally been a, a print subscription, you know, making uh, print advertising and print subscribers for their revenue. Can they transition that to digital? And this is why this was such a big headline for this story of how many digital subscribers are you getting? Of course, if you're digital, you don't have to print up those newspapers, you don't have to deliver them their front doors. Much more attractive margins for that business. That's one we have to watch going forward. Well, and I think that if they are smart about um, how they deliver the news to their subscribers, how they are smart about billing, you know, if you can do that in as seamless a way as possible and make it as easy for subscribers to re-up as possible, uh, that stickiness is going to pay off down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when we looked at last year, digital ad revenue for New York Times was up 6%. Print advertising was down 16%. So, you can clearly see where the driver of this business is. They have a group called T-Brand Studio, which is very interesting. There's kind of two types of digital advertising. There's, there's kind of more display advertising, which is, um, you know, Facebook and Google are probably going to continue to dominate. I don't see New York Times... Um, placing a ton of ads everywhere like those companies are capable of doing. But then there's also native advertising, which is kind of more targeted. This is a, an ad campaign. You want to send the right message to the right people at the right time. And I think that this is something that New York Times is 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 really got an interesting opportunity with with T-Brand. Abby Mallon looked at this for, for Explorer last month, and I think that 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 might be one of the keys we need to watch as an investor going forward, because they're getting the subscribers over there. They're getting the... Um, the paying subscriptions into the digital side. Now they just need to attract the right advertisers that see the value of the New York Times being a respected brand for, for giving the news. Now we also want to have high-quality ads, too. There is an opportunity for them uh, in T-Brand, I think. Uh, what is going on with your friends over at InventSense? Uh, this is the sensor technology company. Um, they don't have earnings out, but the, the and this is you. You take a look at a longer chart of this stock. It's a little bit of a roller coaster. But just in the last two days, yesterday down eleven percent, today back up more than six percent. What's going on here? Yeah. So, Invincent makes motion sensors that they put into a variety of things. One of the largest being smartphones, then the Galaxy and their, which the Samsung Galaxy and also the Apple iPhone. Uh, we saw a dip yesterday on the stock price, as there was speculation that there might be. Um, we, this was not confirmed. This was only speculative, Chris, but there might have been something going on with that Apple relationship. And Apple accounts for more than 40% of Invincence's revenue. So, when you have any kind of speculation that you might be losing this giant company out in Cupertino that's almost half of your sales, uh, that's going to scare a lot of investors. And that was the dip that we saw. Okay. 
couple of uh, housekeeping notes, and then I, I want to get to Amazon. Uh, because Amazon reports after the market closes today. Uh, the Super Bowl is on Sunday, and this weekend on The Motley Fool Money Show, we'll be talking about the business of the NFL with Andrew Brandt. Um, he's a phenomenal guest we've had on before. He's a business analyst for ESPN. He's a columnist for Sports Illustrated. So, uh, check that out this weekend. Uh, thank you to longtime listener Gary Carr, as well as David Creamer, uh, both of whom set me straight on yesterday's bacon shortage story. Uh, this I think this goes under the heading of fake news. This uh, yes, we're all breathing a sigh of relief that there's no real bacon shortage. But uh, this was a a marketing ploy, and I would argue a pretty brilliant one by the Ohio Pork Council. Which that I just now I just want to know everything I can about the Ohio Pork Council. OPC. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> how, you know how how do you get on the council? Uh, how long have they been around? Is there a secret handshake? All that sort of thing. So. Uh, so thank you for setting me straight on that. And uh, and last but not least, um, if you have the time and you're feeling so inclined, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, it helps other people discover market foolery. So and I know people listen on Stitcher and Overcast, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you can leave a review. If you could leave one, that would be nice. We'd appreciate it. Amazon reporting after hours. Tonight, we're going to be talking about it on Motley Full Money tomorrow. But uh, what is one thing in particular you're going to be watching? Um, the one thing I'll be watching is, is actually not any of the reported metrics. We've kind of gotten used to, to what we watch um, in Amazon as far as the, the typical retail e commerce platform that they have. The one that I'll be watching, Chris, is the number of enabled skills they have in Amazon Alexa. This is, of course, the vo- vocal assistant. You can actually now ask to. To watch or listen to Market Foolery yeah. on uh, on Amazon Alexa, and that's one of of seven thousand apps that are now enabled within Alexa. The reason I have such an interest in this is because uh, Amazon's got over a thousand people working on this project. A year ago, they basically had zero enable skilled skills, and now they have seven thousand. This is something that's taken off very quickly. They're already referring to it as the fourth pillar of the business, in addition to the uh, the retail platform. Amazon Prime, and the third one now is Amazon Web Services. But even if you look at the three of those, those are things that they've gotten ahead of the game, and they've led the charge in, in kind of the next wave of how this company can make a lot of money. I just see Alexa and this, this vocal assistant being a very, very large deal for the company. Um, so, yeah. I That is going to be interesting to see, to the extent that they share that type of information. I'm, I'm interested to see just the, the basic results of the holiday quarter. Largely because we have seen so many retailers come out in the last four weeks with so-so to terrible results over the holidays. And a lot of people, ourselves included, are quick to say, well, that's because Amazon is crushing it. And and maybe they are, but after the market reports tonight, we'll uh, we'll see just how big their holiday quarter was. Because if, in fact, it's not quite as big as everyone was expecting, then I think you you start to get into some legitimate questions about consumer spending. Our co-founder, David Gardner, is fond of the saying that if you're not the lead husky, the view never changes. I think Amazon has shown for decades they're ahead of the pack. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.